I'm Alex Milleris. And I'm Kai Seifu. And there's been a new Zencaster update that we were kind of confused by because we couldn't get our microphones to work. And now we can actually see each other. And there's also a 3 2 1 count in when you hit start recording. Free shout out to our uh, recording software, Making Moves. And uh, yeah, looks pretty yeah, Zencaster, if you're listening, sponsor us because uh, <laughs> if you keep doing well, we maybe will mention you more. But if not, this is the last time we ever say your name. All right, so the Canadians yeah, played on. one game this week, and it was yesterday. One game. And mm-hmm, one loss in a week is not that bad. Zero wins in a week is pretty bad. It was a 5-3 big L to Toronto. And you know what their what their record is when they're wearing their first retro jerseys, Ty say You would know this. It's 0-3. And I'm pretty sure, yeah, every single one of those losses yeah. was also in regulation. So zero out of a possible six points when wearing the reverse retros, which means I'm pulling up the standings right now that their record without those reverse retros is a very impressive nine, two, and two. Are the jerseys cursed? Uh, I mean, I've been on this bandwagon longer than anybody at this point. You know, one game in, I said, there's no way this is uh, this jersey's up to anything good. Uh, it's cursed. And clearly... I've been proven correct on levels nobody could have foreseen. Um, this not only are these three losses, three losses, but it's against teams that they're competing against to like make the playoffs, try to win the division. And now that they've worn these jersey three times, forget about the division title. You know, Toronto's a million points up on us at this point, and you know it's all because of the jerseys. It's all because of the jerseys. We should have quit it at game one, and then we'd be sitting at a nicer record. Um, you know, I, I blame it all on the jerseys. Definitely not the stupid penalties that they keep taking. Um, yeah, <laughs> burn the jerseys. <laughs> yeah, here's what I think. So I don't really believe that the jerseys are cursed, but I do believe that at least some players on the Canadians believe they're cursed. I think hockey players are totally dumb enough to fall for something like that. And if they think that they're cursed, then that means they'll probably play poorly in the jerseys just because of the placebo, uh, you know, natural effects and whatnot. So that is why I have finally jumped over to the side of maybe yesterday should be the last time there the Canadians go. bring out those reverse uh-huh. retros. Uh-huh. They look nice, but it's become very clear three times, you know, fool me once, shame on me, fool me twice, shame on you, fool me three times, burn the reverse retros, as the saying goes. So it's finally time exactly. there we to go. get rid of them. <laughs> You know, what, you know what? I have a theory. I just came up with it. Maybe it's just confusing for the players, you know? It's just, it's too radical. The blue, we've never seen this kind of blue on the ice. We've certainly never seen it on the Habs. Well, not in the last, like, 70 years. So maybe they just don't recognize their teammates. They can't make crisp passes. They just, they're like, oh my god, I'm playing against nine people all of a sudden. I don't, I can't find any teammates. That's just the theory. I can't Either way, score one goal on Mike Smith. That must be it. Right? All right. Uh-huh. So how about the actual ice hockey that happened? Um, it was a pretty wild first four minutes of the second period, at least. <laughs> um, mm-hmm. When they gave up two very fast goals to the Maple Leafs. Austin Matthews followed by Travis Boyd, like, what, 15 seconds later? And then, Gasperi Kotkaniemi, breakaway, goal. Paul Byron, breakaway, goal. It was the breakaway party, tied 2-2 less than four minutes into the second period. And things were looking good. Yeah. They were they were looking good, and then until they weren't right. But like just those two first goals, um, like bang bang, it just it kind of felt like it epitomized some of the Habs' troubles. Uh, like recently, first of all, like complete breakdown, just like in the span of like thirty seconds, 
the Leafs are up 2-0. And I get that they come back, but, you know, they could have had the chance. You know, the Habs are really good when they score the first goal. They're a team that likes to, they're well-suited to playing, like, with the lead. And when you're playing from behind, as we've seen, like, from the Habs throughout the years, not the greatest team, um, as are most teams. You know, statistically, when you're behind, you'll tend to lose. But still, you know, it's not a good thing. And and, and not only that, but the res- it was the direct result of, like, two penalties, one of which was, like, so stupid. Like, the Sherratt one, completely unnecessary, over the glass. Uh, probably, you know, and it was just, they put him in a five-on-three situation. And what are the odds that you're going to stop? You're going to kill, like, what, a minute and a half of the Leafs out of five-on-three. And the chances are, the answer is it's very low. And Austin Matthews, who scored freaking two goals, he looks absolutely unstoppable this season. Um, and you put yourself in a hole like that, and you have a breakaway party, but at the end of the breakaway party, you find yourself tied, and then you give up another goal to Mitch Marner, and, you know, things kind of settle down, and then they can never they never really find their groove again uh, in mm-hmm. the game. So it just... It felt like what it felt like a typical Habs loss to be totally honest. You know, you get down or you have like a first period where like it's it's all right. You know, slow start. They have a nice little stretch. They don't score any goals. Second period comes, they collapse, and then you know they might a little come back, but then in the end they pull out the big L in the uh, mm-hmm. in the loser jerseys. In the loser jerseys, um, there was but there was a goal that they uh did appear to score, that upon review stood. And then upon Coach's challenge, no longer stood, which I'm sure you remember very fondly. Uh, it was it was very simple. People were drawing comparisons to a goal that was called back in the Leaf Sens game from a couple of days ago. Uh, Joe, Joe Thornton pushed uh, might have been Matt Murray, one of the Sens goalies, just pushed the puck into the net along with the pad, which you're not allowed to just push the pad in with your stick. This one, I thought it was different, seeing as the puck was kind of behind the pad. That's kind of what they were saying on the broadcast, but like even if, even if they call it back, which I and fine, whatever. I just don't understand like what you could have been because you're kind of admitting you're you were wrong twice when you okay you call a goal on the ice and then you look at it and say this is the time for us to make the correct decision and then you don't do it. You admit that you didn't do it. When they challenge it and you change it again. So a lot of people were asking, well, what were they looking at for the first review? And the answer, probably the exact same thing. They just happened to change their mind on a minute and a half later. So so there. Uh-huh. That's, that's kind of my spiel. Very frustrating. Yeah, look, it's, it's, it's completely bullshit. This, this whole thing, this NHL review, they've never figured it out. They still haven't figured it out. It's like every other week, we have a new thing. We actually, not even every other week. We just talked about it last week. The freaking mess with the offsides. <laughs> all right. And then here they come out with this. Like, what the hell are you looking at? Two reviews. One, okay. Like, I didn't even know the first review wasn't a coach's challenge. Uh, you know, like, like what's the rule of the coach's challenge? Why do you even penalize these people when they're wrong in the first place? Just give them a set number of challenges. And if you get one wrong, you're out of challenges. Too bad. I don't understand this whole, this whole penalty spiel. I kind of like you know the what I mean? Like, part, but... I don't like, like it. I don't like it. I think I think you give the coaches like one challenge. You, you're allowed to get one challenge wrong in the game. You get a challenge right, you can keep challenging. Uh, and then oh, when you get it wrong, you're done for the game. Um, because, you know, I don't think the coaches should be, if they keep getting it right, I don't think they should be banned from challenging later in the future. I don't think they should be punished for the refs keep consistently getting the, the freaking calls wrong. And this whole double review thing, yeah, what the hell are you looking at the first time? 
Uh, I think I think the, like technically the rule is like they're they were looking to see if the puck crossed the line or some shit like that uh, the first time around, and that's, but that doesn't make any sense, right? So like uh, it's uh, it's completely confusing. Not only that, they don't even give any explanations for anything, right? Mm-hmm. Ever like after the first review, they're ah, we have a good goal, and it's like what the and then all of a sudden there's a second challenge. Are you seeing like what the fuck's going on? Wasn't the wasn't one challenge enough? Um, so you know it's confusing for the fans, it's confusing for everybody involved. And it's just a chronic NHL thing. They just can't get anything right when it comes to review. Uh, and, you know, who knows? Maybe maybe it was the intern at the Habs Arena who was like, it's a good goal, it's a good goal. And then uh, it happened again, except this time they managed to call the rest back. I, I, I wouldn't forget it out at this point. Yeah? I was just going to say, here's what happened. Intern number one said it's a goal. And then after the coach's challenge, intern number two came along and said, I don't think it is. And there's all the explanation we need. Uh, but actually I think a couple years ago, the NHL did try, uh, I think it was like an NHL.com or something. They would have actual, like whatever referees or some sort of rule book expert type out explanations for calls, mostly for like good goal, not a goal explanations. And what these explanations, all they said was after, uh, like the call on the ice was a goal. After review, we saw that there was no goaltender interference. Therefore, the call stood. And that was the whole explanation. It was literally pretty much exactly what the referee would say when they would come out onto the ice. And like Back when they used to do brief explanations, which I didn't really like, to be honest. like I really like what they do in the IHF, which is more dramatic. Like They step out and they go, where they point, right? It's a goal. Or they just wave no goal. It's like there's more theatrics to it, I find. But like the idea of an explanation after the game that actually tells you what the thought process was behind the call... That sounds very nice in theory if they would actually put a little bit of thought into them. Uh, but I didn't like back when um, the refs would come out and like fumble through their explanation like a like a third grader who forgot to practice for their oral presentation. Like, uh, after <laughs> review, the call in the ice was over. Just a no, no, good goal, you know? You know, I want that job of that guy who was at NHL.com, you know, just transcribing what the referee says on the ice. Yeah. Um, because that's apparently what all they were doing. <laughs> like, yeah, like the other leagues have this, you know, like uh, like the NBA, they have their two minute report. And I think I've referred it multiple times because it's like a, it's a good standard to have, you know, and it keeps the referees accountable. They do a thorough review. They give explanations for every call. And uh, and that's a good thing. And here in the NHL, we have nothing. We have no idea what's happening. We have to rely on, yeah, like the two sentences mumbled out, jumbled out, that make no sense from the referee, all right, that give no clarity on the situation whatsoever, um, other than whether it's a goal or not. So, uh, yeah, look, do I, I, I don't object so much to the fact that they called it back for goaltender interference. You know, I don't, I don't object to that so much as I do the fact that I don't understand why they called, like, you know, I don't understand anything that has to do with, why? What the process was? Why the hell we even needed two two freaking reviews in the first place? It's just it all feels so stupid, um, and that's 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 my beef with it. You know the fact that Sheldon Keefe thought, hmm, they're reviewing this play, and they finished reviewing it, and I'm going to challenge, and he thought that hmm, this might work, that they might change their mind after just looking at it for like a minute and a half, and that he was correct, <laughs> tells me what I need to know about this whole situation. Anyway, um, you know who else I think we should talk about is Austin Matthews, who's on pace for, like, we, he's at a goal a game now, I think. 18, 18 goals in 18 games. So he's mm-hmm. on pace to eclipse 50 goals in a 56-game season. 
Um, and I think he's the first player to be on this pace 18 games in, in like 15 years or something ridiculous like that. Do you think he's going to score 50 goals? Sure. What the hell? You know, I, I do. Yeah. Because of yeah. who he's playing night in, night out. Um, mm. Just a bunch of freaking scrubs on defense. Can you name one team in the freaking North that has any sort of good defense? Um, like the best might Sometimes be the Habs. Montreal. Honestly. Yeah. And that's not even saying much. Um, like from what we've seen pretty recently. So, uh, like they have Joel Edmonton on the freaking team playing in the top four. What more do I need to say? And so like, you know, uh, and even then, yeah, he scores two goals last night. Like it's nothing. And teams don't have an answer for him. And man, you know, like I'm looking at these teams, uh, in the North and you know, the Habs, they seem to be pulling back, you know, they're kind of faltering down the stretch as, uh, some of the, some people predicted. And, you know, I think what it is, is, you know, first of all, this team is just doesn't have a superstar right and, and that's fine not every team can have a bona fide superstar like Austin Matthews but I think what's happening here is that like for all the depth that we have on paper like I don't feel like we're getting enough out of it because you know it's just uh that's that's what the Habs are built around like the speed and the depth and when you're getting out much by the uh freaking Oilers depth the other night and you get like three you lose three nothing and you have some scrub scoring goals I remember it was a did Kyra score a goal against the Habs I think he did um, yep. that's completely embarrassing. And th- I think that's one of the reasons, like, it's it's fine if you don't have any superstars. And if you're built on speed and depth, if you're built on depth, the depth better freaking shine out when you're playing teams like the freaking Jets and the, the, the Canucks and the Oilers who have negative depth. Uh, you should be scoring night in, night out with your freaking third and fourth line guys. Mm-hmm. My question about Austin Matthews ended with the Habs depth hasn't been playing good enough as of late. <laughs> but, <laughs> but anyway... Uh yeah, well, I gave my answer. Yeah, you did give your yes. answer. Yes, uh, he scored. Uh, he's had like three straight two goal games now, and I hadn't really thought about that in terms of like uh, because also I think like uh, it was at one point like eight of the top ten scorers in the league were all in the Canadian division, and now I think it was like all of the top six for a stretch of time. McDavid, Drysaddle, um, Matthews, Marner, uh, and I think who else was near the top? And I think Ehlers was actually near the top at one point. Uh, R.I.P. My fantasy trade. But anyway, uh, yeah, I, yeah. Traded, I traded Nick Ehlers for Bo Horvat. I know it'll work out. It'll work out. Bo Horvat's going to go on a tear oh, in April. Man. You just wait. You just wait and see. Fucking brutal. Um, it's terrible. Anyway, playing yeah, with so, who? Playing with who? All right. Playing with, with uh, not Tyler Toffoli, uh, Tanner Pearson, and uh, they'll okay. put Besser on his line. You just wait and see. All right. Anyway, they might have already mm. done that, actually. Recipe for anyway. success. Uh, people, so obviously, you know, Ovechkin, greatest goal scorer of this generation. Uh, I think he's going to break the, he's going to break Gretzky's record, uh, even despite all these shortened seasons he's having to deal with. Um, but people saying things like, oh, we might never see another one like Ovechkin ever again. Uh, I think they're wrong. Austin Matthews was going to absolutely crush 50 goals last season. And he might do it again this year in 56 games. He's definitely on pace to score over. He definitely would be on pace by the end of the season to score more than 50 goals. Uh, and, you know, he could get to 60 next year. He could even maybe creep up close to 70. It wouldn't be a surprise. And I think by the end of both of their careers, Austin Matthews is probably going to be within the same vicinity as Ovechkin in terms of when we look at all-time great goal scorers, which is really funny because when Ovechkin was drafted, I don't remember because I was two years old, I'm pretty sure he was touted as, you know, the next big sniper. And, I mean, he more than lived up to that. And Austin Matthews wasn't really this goal-scoring phenom. That was 
people were talking about Patrick Laine like that. Austin Matthews is more of this this well-rounded number one centerman. And now all of us, you know, he scored like 36 goals. Or, no, he scored like 40 goals in his rookie year, I think, uh, which was amazing. And, you know, he's just like goal scoring is his number one strength and his shot. So there, that's my two cents. It's unfair. That's what I think it is. And uh, yeah, I mean, you compare it to him, you compare it with him, uh, you compare him to Ovechkin and like he, but he, yeah, you said he, he came in as that kind of all around number one centerman and he's been exactly that, right? Uh, he's taking steps in his defensive game and he's like one of the best all around centers in the game now. Like, uh, and yeah, you, you put, you probably, he's definitely up there for hard consideration at this point in the season. And I would put him in the best player in the world conversation. Conversation. I still think it's McDavid hands down. So maybe second best player in the world conversation up there with like, you know, your dry sidle and your McKinnon. Um, but uh, yeah, he's completely ridiculous. And uh, it's unfair that we have to deal with McDavid and Matthews. That's why the North, that's why the North division, uh, you have all these scoring leaders, the defense is dog shit. And you have all these people in the same division playing against these terrible defenses. Yeah. Don't let McDavid hear you say that Matthews might win the heart because he's just going to have another five point game. He does that every time. Every single time someone talks about, like, should McKinnon win the heart? Should Matthews win the heart? McDavid scores five points in the first half of the game. He's done that, like, twice so far this season. He scored five points in 30 minutes. And everyone goes, Sittler, watch. And then he doesn't really score anymore for the rest of the game. But one of these days. Yeah, because because uh, Tippett benches him. Mm, yeah. yeah, because, like, Tippett doesn't give him as much ice time as soon as he hits the five points. You know, like, same for Drysdale. You know, he scales it down. And you're like, screw you, Tippett. Just give us the, give us the max, Sorry. man. Um. Mm-hmm. Yeah, Sittler watch. Yeah, Maybe I can sort of Sittler understand watch. why why uh, Tippett so wouldn't I... care about like you know Sittler watch when you're winning five one against the Flames. Just you know bench your two most important players. Yeah, uh, I remember a couple of years ago, or it wasn't it? Was I think when Braden Holtby was like a game away from either tying or breaking Martin Brodeur's wins in a season record. I think it was the fifteen sixteen season with Washington. Uh, which was 48 wins, I want to say. And he was he had 47. Last game of the season, uh, Barry Trotz uh, doesn't play him and rests him for the playoffs. And everyone was all up in arms about it. Uh, but and it, Braden Holtby was like, oh, it's best for the team or whatever. I mean, these coaches, they don't like chasing records, right? It's like, mm-hmm. uh, they're not very cool, right? Coaches go, yeah, they're kind of boring in the NHL. Okay. Oh, speaking uh, of uncool so, coaches, we forgot we to oh. put this on the... Yeah. We forgot to put this on the docket, but Mike Babcock... Hired by oh, University right. of Saskatchewan. Um, I mean, I think if you've listened to the show for a while, you you can you can probably guess what we would say about that. University of Saskatchewan. I mean, what are you doing? Uh, your players are probably all going to I don't know, hate playing for Mike Babcock. I can understand that you know you have this this coach who you know has this great pedigree you know he won stanley cups and won olympic golds and in a vacuum that's super cool to bring to your university but it's not in a vacuum it's mike babcock who has a history of traumatizing players and of you know and of treating you know players who are around university age uh cough mitch marner pretty poorly and so there's going to be even more of a, a power imbalance between babcock and university players as it was between babcock and nhl players so uh this kind of seems like a disaster in the making yeah i agree i think the circumstances are are good definitely you talk about you know players that age there's a potential there for uh you know a bad situation arising but you know i think this is inevitable right like someone was going to freaking hire the guy like it's it's hockey right like uh he was not going to be indefinitely out of a job um and 
it's just it's just surprising that like his stint on like NBC was only like what a month, two months. Um, yeah. I didn't but, even uh, see the clips of that. Yeah. Right? Yeah, me neither. I, I I never saw him talk on TV. But uh, yeah, I I don't like you know it's it's sure you know you it sucks for you know if you're talking about you of Saskatchewan like what the hell are you doing? It seems pretty dumb to hire a guy like that who's mistreated young players in the past. But the fact is, like, am I surprised at all? That this guy got hired by by anybody? Um, no, I'm not. And mm-hmm. you know these these people, these athletic directors, they're 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 very much concerned with you know oh I want to make my look my make, make my program look good, um, and bringing in a name like Mike Babcock, no matter how you know tainted that name has become in recent years, I still think that they think it brings significant value. And so you know, am I surprised at all? Absolutely not. Are we going to talk about now how uh, Katie Strang is a maniacal hacker who whose sole purpose is to take down Bill Armstrong? Yeah, complete computer overload over there, um, Katie Strang, as they say. So yeah, there, there's a piece in the Athletic, very well reported piece by Katie Strang uh, on the Coyotes uh, and uh, basically organizational dysfunction, you know. Uh, and yeah, it's just, it goes through the top down in the organization from the, the newish ownership, right? Alex Marullo down to the, the GM. And as you mentioned, trying to intimidate Katie Strang, uh, Oh, I'm accusing you of hacking. I'm taking you to the courts. Uh, I'm going to tell all the GMs how you do your job. Uh, ooh. Uh, and, uh, you know, Spooky. It, it, it just, <laughs> it's just, uh, really it puts, it shines the, uh, the coyotes in a, in a pathetic light here. Mm-hmm. Yeah, we, we had known for a while that things were going badly there, but this kind of confirms all of our suspicions. Uh, we I think she spoke to actually current employees who said things like, oh yeah, it's pretty dysfunctional, or like it's a shit show, or things of that nature. Uh, I mean, we now you know kind of understand more why John Shaka left. Um, we see that his replacement is kind of maybe a nut job. Um, things are just going south in Arizona, no pun intended. Uh, which we yeah we've seen this for a long time and now it's just kind of now that it's confirmed I don't know like where the organization goes from here like Alex Marillo who just bought this team and now everyone knows how bad of a job he's doing like I think we're getting into another maybe even worse than a Melnick situation where it's just like you're a terrible owner all of us know you're a terrible owner all the players know all the fans know so until you sell the team there's no chance about we're having any success yeah, and like, do you see their week of shit statement to the, to the when the to when, after the article came out, they're like, oh, it's uh this fucking harassment campaign by the athletic, but they don't really like just deny any of what happened in the article. Um, <laughs> Everyone is saying what show, happened. You know? How dare they? <laughs> yeah, well, I'm gonna go see you now. Um, it's just yeah, it's it's the whole shebang. Right, uh, they're having money troubles. Apparently, they're screwing. They're screwing uh, vendors. They're not paying player bonuses on time. Uh, yeah, one one noted player now. I saw Tyler Steenbergen didn't get his uh, player bonus signed in time. Even so Ekman Larson. Last summer, really? they were late yeah. paying Oliver Ekman Larson's signing bonus or perform or some kind of bonus. Hmm. They were late. It's ridiculous. Right. I mean, it's yeah. ridiculous to be late on any player, but like, really, OEL? Mm-hmm. That's not your priority of getting him paid. Yeah, it's it's pretty crazy. Um, and so, yeah, yeah, as you said, we've seen like, these little tidbits come in and out. And obviously, there was that big Mitch Miller situation, which was stupid beyond compare. Um, and this article kind of ties them together 
under the umbrella of, you know, Alex Marullo and how his organization is completely dysfunctional. Uh, talk about like toxic workplace. You know, he's an asshole to his employees. Uh, there's even been, I saw an allegation of sexual harassment within the, uh, within the organization that's still being uh, dealt with right now. And, you know, we see the classic, what, nepotism. Like the owner's son is like directing player, is, is part of, uh, you know, directing player personnel. And he's meddling uh, within the, the organization, making stupid moves. And it's just the whole thing. It's the whole fucking thing. Uh, it's completely messed up. I mean, you go back to the Mitch Miller situation. I thought I was, I thought I found something like one very interesting part of the article was that they were try like after they had the, the whole scandal blew over and they were trying to figure out, you know, who's to blame. Right. And they, everybody was kind of like pointing fingers. Uh, but apparently at one point, uh, like it was a mental performance consultant who came under scrutiny and I'm reading off the article here and she was never a key decision maker. Um, and she wasn't included in any scouting meetings. Uh, like once they, that, that new front office came in and in fact, it, you know, she, she shared concerns apparently about, you know, Mitch Miller and apparently the blame fell to her. Um, definitely not a good look that it's like, it's a woman, right. Um, who, what it seems like had nothing to do with the actual selection process of Mitch Miller. Um, so it just looks like, it looks like a really toxic workplace and yeah. And it's just one of the things, you know, year after year, uh, I, you know, when we make predictions, when it comes to teams like Arizona, uh, Ottawa, and like uh, even Buffalo, you, you go like, you know, the organization's a complete dumpster fire. And this one in particular seems to be particularly bad. Um, it's not going to bring out nice success. It just doesn't translate. Yeah. So they're really pulling out all the stops off ice there. Pretty much everything that they could have done wrong. It appears that they have. And then not to mention on the ice a couple nights ago. Uh, they put out Derek Broussard, Tyler Pitlick, and Dryden Hunt for their third period power play. So really, no smart decisions at any level of the organization there. Even I read those names. It took me a minute to realize which team uh, it was Dom Decision was talking about. He was like, uh, third period power play. Uh, who do you put out? Derek Broussard, Tyler Pitlick, and Dryden Hunt. It took me a minute to be like, oh yeah, they're all on the Coyotes now. So there. Um, Arizona. <laughs> I cannot think of anything that they've done well as of late and not they don't have their first round pick this year either uh which actually might end up being next year actually um and so yeah just uh if you had to guess you know, i guess we can top up this segment by asking when do you think the arizona coyotes make the playoffs no when they make the playoffs you know, any fucking team can make the playoffs in a given year. You get a little nice hot No, no, I'm, no, I'm saying I'm saying like uh when do you think the they will make it? Like what year? Yeah, when? Like what year? Is the next time they'll make it. Yeah. yeah. Like uh, you know, 3 years. 3 years. Really? Ah, fuck it. Never mind. Ah, no, 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 no. That's a lie. That's a lie. You know, typically, you know, even bad teams make the playoffs every 3 years. But then I just realized, you know, yeah, they don't have any fucking draft picks this year or next. So, uh, hmm. I'm gonna say seven years. You know, let's 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 uh kick it pretty far down the road. What do you think? That seems fair. Yeah, I probably would have said something like 2027, 2028. Remember, Buffalo hasn't made it since twenty eleven. So I mean, is Arizona gonna stoop to that level? Uh the Coyotes did actually technically they were a playoff team in the bubble because they beat Nashville in the play in round, even though they were eleventh in the Western Conference. So if we're gonna count that, then their playoff drought from 2013 to 2019 is over 
if we're not going to count that, since they weren't a top eight team in the West, then uh, their their playoff drought dating back to 2013 is uh, still alive and well. So that's a very bad team. Anyway, moving on. Um, yeah, just New Jersey Devils on and off the ice. Yep. Go ahead. Oh yeah, on and off the ice. Yes, New Jersey Devils named their new captain yesterday, Nico Hischier. Uh, and I think it was only a matter of time. Uh, everyone loves him. He's great. He's locked into a long contract, first overall pick, franchise player, uh, Selkie Trophy candidate, some people say, although he is only like 21 or 22. So give him at least four more years before he's even a finalist based on the unwritten rules. Exactly. Of the trophy. But anyway, Nico Hischier there. Uh-huh. That's the news. Good for him. I mean... Uh, it's a solid pick because uh, you won't have to name a captain for the next little while, you know, barring any unforeseen circumstances. So, uh, yeah, who else is it going to be, you know? Um, so I think it's a pretty logical pick. Uh, 21, though, pretty young. But, uh, I mean, looks like he's the leader of that locker room. And, yeah, he's kind of really blossomed the last couple of years as uh, the Selkie guy. And so you can already write it in stone. 2026, baby. Nico Hishi, yeah. Selkie winner. Yeah, no question. After four more years of Alex Barkov. Yeah, Alexander Barkov. I don't think he's ever won a Selkie. Uh, he just kind of, everyone's like, oh, that's the underrated defensive forward, Alexander Barkov. Watch out for him. And everyone looked at him closer he's and said, dude, he's, he's okay he's defensively. Dude. Yeah, he's due. Yeah, just like Drew Doughty was due for a Norris in 2016. Yeah, exactly the same thing. Yeah, Nico Hishi, he turned 22 in January. Uh, and now he's the second Swiss captain in the NHL, Roman Yossi and Nico Hischer, two Swiss captains in the NHL. Look at them go. Uh, I don't think fun. he's only the second. All okay. Yeah, Mark Streit was the captain of the of the Islanders back in the day. So, uh, yeah, some Swiss captains there. Maybe that'll be a theme of a quiz at some point down the road. Shout Swiss captains. Oh, yeah, shout out to Switzerland. Okay, I only know that. Okay, so a three-question Swiss captains quiz. Uh, no, I feel March like there must have been more Nico Swiss Heischer. captains. Yeah, there must okay. have been. All right, I don't know. I will look it up. I'll leave that to you. Okay. All right. Okay. So, uh, other news. Uh, pretty. Uh, so the NHL had a big promotional thing that they like to do. Um, they did their out- outdoor game this year. Uh, and new venue. They went to Lake Tahoe. Uh, I think that's in Nevada, right? Uh, or something. Yeah. Like Colorado, Nevada. Anyways. Um, and. Yeah, so the, they went there, you know, right next to the big lake. Looked beautiful. The pictures were fantastic. For sure. Uh, and it was a beautiful day. It looked like it was going to be a uh, smooth sailing, a, a promotional hit for the NHL. You know, you get yourself a nice Saturday <laughs> slot on NBC. About. Yeah, everybody's talking about it. Pictures are everywhere. It's on NBC. What is hockey ever on NBC and not on NBCSN? Um, and so it's a big thing. And uh, lo and behold, they're the NHL gets struck down by his greatest enemy as Gary <laughs> Bettman would like to, would, would have, you know, the sun, the sun who could have foreseen <laughs> that the in sun Nevada. may shine in Nevada. Wow. So unpredictable. I mean, of course we all know about climate change, but who knew it was this bad that the sun might come out in the afternoon in Nevada. I have no idea. Anyway, so what happened is all the players, even the referees, were, they were stumbling, fumbling around on the bumpy ice surface because the sun melts the ice. And so they had to postpone the game. Uh, like, what was it? The, the game was scheduled to start at, like, what time? 12, 1, 2, 1 o'clock, I think. Uh, Eastern time, uh-huh. at least. Something like that, yeah. Uh, oh, no, wait. It couldn't have been 
that no, I think wait, no, no, it was, was scheduled it, to start. I think like three, yeah, three Eastern, noon Pacific. Was that three? And years? after yeah. the first period, because the ice was so unplayable because of the sun, it was pushed back to nine Pacific, which was the local time of the game, and midnight Eastern. And everyone said, "Why that late?" And apparently, the reason was that Saturday Night Live is just much superior broadcasting. So we got to push it to after Saturday Night Live on the East Coast. Uh, I think that was the reasoning, unless that was just a joke, uh, in which case I'm kind of embarrassed now thinking that that might have no. been a joke. But anyway, it was pushed back later. It's it's like, okay, so I don't think that's, that's why it was pushed back later. They need to like resurface and it was going to be like cold enough then. But the funny thing is, the, the, the whole Saturday Night Live thing is, they the, the game once it restarted wasn't on NBC anymore because Saturday Night Live was on. Um, oh. so you know, they so it was back to NBCSN, you know, home of the NHL. So uh, right, so that's 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 what happened there. And so yeah, completely bush league. And you know, you move to you move it to midnight. Like only the the people on the Pacific Coast and the diehards on the East Coast are watching that game. Um and. Yeah, you lose a bunch of publicity. Everybody's fucking laughing at you now. Who could have fucking seen the sun start fucking shining in the desert? <laughs> Only the NHL would think, nah, that, that could have possibly been a problem. We forgot to include the sun in our equations. <laughs> during during the afternoon, who could have possibly fucking known that the sun could turn ice into slush? Because that's what the ice was. The ice was horrendous. Oh my goodness. It <laughs> That shit was slush, man. I, was, I remember bad. once there was kind of there's like a rink near my house uh, that's like tennis courts in the in the summer and a rink in the winter. And once I went uh-huh. like this was many years ago, like near the end of winter, and I had my skates. I was gonna skate around, like you know, maybe like shoot some pucks, and it was unskatable. That's how slushy it was. I was like, I, I'm. It's literally like walking on the pavement and walking on this slush is the same. So I just I had to wear my boots and just kind of walk around if I wanted to play and it looked not quite that bad but it was very reminiscent of that memory yeah yeah, yeah. i wonder if they ever uh, went through any sort of test runs or anything like that uh it doesn't really seem like it from what you've tests uh and yeah like yeah now they've postponed the uh boston game too right the boston philly game from i think okay so they, they postponed it once because of the sun so it's not like they didn't, they didn't even see the sun they actually like three days ago like before this whole thing started, they're like, okay, we're pushing back the Boston Philly game by an hour, or I think we're like making it an hour early so that we can avoid the sun. Um, clearly that didn't work out for the first game. And so now they've pushed it to the evening. Uh, so, uh, you know, it's like, what were you even thinking? And all of that, like this, this Philly, uh, Boston game, like seven flyers are going to are on the COVID list, uh, notable flyers. And so like, even then it's just like the whole thing is a freaking cloud show. Uh, and so uh, I think it's going to be on NBSN, NBCSN2 probably um, just because they pushed it back again. And uh, yeah, you had a great promotional opportunity. It looked like it was going to be like real nice. And then lo and behold, the sun foiled your great plans. Uh, mm-hmm. It's just, just typical NHL. You know, it was you know, a good I think, idea. Yeah. I think usually for these outdoor games, you know, they're playing in a big stadium. And if it's the afternoon, the sun kind of, you know, is setting-ish behind, you know, the big stadium wall. Uh, and of course they didn't have a big stadium, so they just kind of forgot to account for it is an explanation. Um, but like we, one thing we ragged on the NHL for the past couple of years with their outdoor games is that 
Uh, they don't tell anyone that they're happening, and like no one ever knows they're going on until they're actually happening, which is part of the reason why when the NHL moved from like one to outdoor games a year to like six or more than six, people were kind of like, oh, they're not as special anymore, which is 100% true. But what some other people said in response to that was, oh, well, they're not necessarily like a special league-wide event like the All-Star Game or something. It's more for you know the local crowd, for the people who are going to be there. Uh, but here's the thing. This Lake Tahoe one, no one was there. So, I mean, the fact that it got way more publicity for being stupid and for getting to account for the sun and its ice melting calculations uh, instead of, you know, just being an outdoor game says a lot, I find. Uh, you were talking about the Flyers before their game. Unless you have any final thoughts, thoughts on this outdoor game, I want to mention something about the Flyers. Uh, yeah, I'll just say, like, I think it was a good initiative. You know, I think they're changing it up this year, like this whole Tahoe thing. It's spicy. It's new. And the pictures are very nice. It was very good promotional. I think they did I think they did well on the promotion front. For once, I think the NHL did solid uh, in the in the lead up to the Tahoe game. Uh, you know, so and I think the argument that it's for the local crowds, I don't think so, man. I think like you look at the way they marketed their winter classics earlier on, it really was like uh, a league thing. It's just like kind of flopped, you know, especially when they started introducing like I don't know how many in like six games at a time. So, uh, you know, I thought the lead up was good, but yeah. And, and then you fucking clown around, you forget about the sun and all of a sudden everybody's laughing at you. Um, you know, so it's just, uh, it's a typical NHL. You had a good idea. You know, you're trying to spice it up. We always talk about, you know, oh, let's, what the league, we want the league to try something new. I think they tried something new in terms of outdoor, outdoor games this year with Tahoe. Um, it wasn't in your typical stadium because a, nobody would be in the stadium in the first place. So, you know, you could afford to have a game in Tahoe. Um, it's just you completely screwed up the execution. And are we surprised? Absolutely not. We're completely used to laughing at the league and clowneries, like freaking forgetting about the sun. I just, I don't even know how you don't take it. How do you not take that into account? You're taking the water. What are you doing? It might be warm. Ice may not last in the desert. Oh, wow. God. It's just, it's so stupid. Um, but, you know, we're here to laugh about it. Yep. So the Flyers also anyway, there. The Flyers. Have yep. an outdoor game, yeah. Here's their COVID list. Uh, Travis Konechny, Jakub Voracek, Oscar Lindblom, Scott Lawton, um, Claude Giroux, and Justin Braun. Uh, those first four are listed as non-roster with illness, COVID protocol. Um, and the other, and Giroux and Braun are listed as scratches. I guess maybe they just, it's probably the exact same thing. They just haven't been officially moved over to non-roster. Uh, but anyway, going to Cap Friendly, here's the lineup for the Flyers, uh, for their forward lines. They're going with 11 forwards, apparently. Um, top line, we got JVR, Sean Couturier, Joel Farabee. Then we've got Michael Raffle, Kevin Hayes, and noted top six forward Nicholas Abe-Kubel. On the third line, we have Connor Bunneman, Nolan Patrick, and with one game of NHL experience, Maxim Sushko, who played under six minutes in his one game. And the two last forwards are former defenseman Samuel Morin and Andy Andrioff. Does that sound like a like a playoff team to you? No, not at all. But uh, <laughs> you know, the NHL is lucky if you could even call it that. That you know, this kind of calamity happens to a team that's pretty deep, that's very deep in the Flyers, right? Uh, imagine if this happened to the fucking Oilers, like their top six disappears. Um, now you have fucking nobody. You have these these fucking scrubs from the ECHL playing for the Oilers. Um, but yeah, it's a complete fucking like it's just like it's. You're talking about the Flyers being completely decimated. Like you, all those dudes that you mentioned, you know, top nine forwards basically, right? 
Um, so you're losing a chunk there, and yeah, it's just a it's a COVID thing, and uh, the NHL trying to soldier on with their outdoor game. They can't postpone this thing, right? So, uh, I mean, here's your result, right? Philly's probably gonna get blown out of the water. Yep. Uh, while we're on COVID, we should really talk about Rasmus Ristolainen. Um, because everyone, or the narrative that especially, I guess, the NHL was pushing, or what really wanted us to believe, was that these are, you know, elite athletes in the prime of their lives, peak physical condition. So if they get COVID, nothing bad's going to happen to them. Rasmus Ristolainen uh, is further proof, which we didn't really need, but now we have, that it really doesn't matter. Well, I guess maybe it does matter, but it's not the be-all, end-all, what kind of physical form you're in. Uh, because even if you're not a great athlete, uh, it, the virus still might barely affect you. And even if you are like Rasmus Ristolainen, it might make your life a total nightmare. Um, he said, I, I should have pulled up the quote before, but basically he said he would feel absolutely exhausted and he would go to bed not knowing whether he would wake up the next morning and that he would sleep for 12 hours straight and feel like he slept for five. So basically his life was totally miserable for... I'm not sure how long, days on end at least. And the NHL is just going to try to brush this under the rug again, and they're going to keep on playing with the full knowledge that other players are going to catch COVID also. And there's a pretty good chance at least one or at least a couple more of them are probably going to have a similar experience to Rasmus Ristolainen is. And once again, we've this has only been around for about a year, and we still don't know how this is going to affect Ristolainen's life for the next 10 years, for the rest of his life. We don't even know if players have gotten this who weren't symptomatic if they're going to have any sort of long, long-term effects for the rest of their life. Yeah, and, and the NHL takes like the blame very squarely on for uh, for this case in particular because, you know, you remember the Sabres, they got COVID from the freaking Devils when they played them, right? Um, mm-hmm. That was the big thing. So, uh, you know, it's clearly as a direct result of the NHL continuing their season. And... Yeah, this was, you know, for, for all the talk that, oh, these are elite athletes, big physical condition and all of that, you know, you look at the other leagues that have already played, you look at the NFL, um, and, you know, those are also dudes who are very much in the prime condition, uh, you know, peak physical condition compared to the rest of the population. And, yeah, people have complications there too. Uh, and so, you know, this was, I don't, to anybody who, like, thought about this remotely for, like, longer than 20 seconds, you would have realized that, like, this was... This was like uh, this was it was just gonna be one of the more inevitable costs to uh, playing the freaking season, right? And not having a bubble and kind of playing it stupid like that. Uh, you got guys like Ristolainen, and you know you sure hope that he gets better soon. And yeah, you worry for the rest of his life because we don't know the long term effects. Um, you know we've seen that there, you know, COVID plays on the heart sometimes, uh, leaves you with heart conditions and all that. And uh, yeah, we don't know the details on what's happening there. But uh, with Ristolainen in particular, but yeah, fucking sucks, man. Because uh, you can you can draw a direct line from hockey to this guy is very sick, you know. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So he he said this to a Finnish newspaper. He talks about drops in oxygen levels, intense chest pain, and fatigue. And now he's out indefinitely. He's gonna miss more time. There's not really a timetable for when he's gonna be back. And I wouldn't be surprised if he misses the rest of the season. That's probably the right course of action for somebody who's really going through it as badly as Ristolainen is. Yeah. Uh, I mean, I think that's it right there, right? And, uh, you know, I, I think he's out for the rest of the season. I don't think he's coming back either. And, yeah, that's just uh, it's the cost of play with COVID. So, 
you know, it was going to happen eventually. And it, uh, you know, it sucks. I think there might be lawsuits oh, down the, the road. Yeah. Kind of like lawsuits. CTE. I think there might be lawsuits from yeah. guys like Crystal Lion, uh, because there are going to be a lot of them who at least had COVID at some point, even if they, you know, weren't as badly affected by it as Crystal Lion is. I think we might see some lawsuits down the road of players who didn't really have a choice of playing and exposing themselves to COVID more than they had to. Yeah. I think there's definitely a possibility. Um, and yeah, it's just, it just goes to show, you know, NHL, not really prior. I wonder have they ever really prioritized player safety, right? Whether it's uh, on ice regulation or all this COVID stuff uh, and the CTE stuff, as you briefly mentioned, it's just, uh, yeah, this leaves, uh, it seems to be the theme of the fucking day today. The NHL is a completely Bush league league. Um, on all facets, review, uh, organization of events, and most importantly, player safety, the safety of their employees. They're just, it's a complete clown show. Total disaster. Anyway, let's pivot to something happier really quickly and harshly. Connor McDavid uh, scored his 500th career point in his 369th game. And Sidney Crosby also scored his 500th career point in his 369th game. It was a super fun stat what? that I saw Damn. that McDavid is keeping like perfectly keeping pace with Crosby after 500 uh, points. They did it at the exact same time. Fun fact about them. Let's talk about crazy. Who, who's the headline? Uh, that's a good question. I would guess the two. I, I would guess um Crosby just because he was drafted like like he was like seven months younger seven months younger in his draft year. Okay. Um, All right. And McDavid also did miss some more injury time than I think Crosby did at that point in his career. Uh, but I'm not 100% sure. Anyway. All right. Anyways, you're pivoting to something? Yeah, let's talk about the big headline, which is uh, Nashville sucks. Uh, and they <laughs> might trade someone. Uh, not Roman Yossi, not Ryan Ellis, and not Pecorine, or the three untouchables, according to Nashville. Which means, all of a sudden, everyone jumps to, Forsberg's getting traded. Eckholm's getting traded. Dante Fabro's getting traded. I don't honestly think any of those names are going anywhere. We see this a lot with sometimes teams will feel, oh, like only one player is untouchable, only four players are untouchable, and many people interpret that as, oh, so everyone else they're actively shopping and want to get rid of, which isn't the case. Uh, it means they'll listen on Forsberg, and when a team comes along and offers them some sort of great package, they'll probably say no, because Forsberg's very good. But alas... We can talk about this. We're going to shoot names around. And I have a name that I really want Montreal to take a long, hard look at. Dante Fabro. I think that would be super cool for Montreal to acquire Fabro. Ekholm, that would be nice too. Uh, Fabro, though, that would be great. He would fit in so well on that third pairing on the right side behind uh, Weber and Petrie. Or Petrie and Weber, whatever order you want to put them in. And, I mean, that right side would be absolutely set and stacked. Because right now we still have Romanov playing on his offside uh, on the right. So, I, I, acquiring Fabro, that'd be super nice. Or Ekholm. I would not be at all opposed to acquiring Matias Ekholm, even though he played on the left. Maybe Nashville would take Joel Edmonton back the other way. Please. Um, yeah, that would, those would be uh, ideal additions, I guess. But, like, what's the price on Fabro, right? Like, he's, out of all the guys, you have uh, Forsberg and you have your, you know, potentially your Ekholm. But, uh, you know, if you're saying nobody, if those three guys are, like, the quote-unquote untouchables, you'd imagine the price on Fabro would be like, pretty damn high, right? Um, yeah. And, yeah, oh, a funny thing I saw from Nashville, apparently their their owners and the management there is, like, uh, very disappointed and surprised at how bad they're doing. And it's like, what have you, or what are you on? What have you been smoking? Um, this roster has been on the decline since they made the final. Um, and, you know, their depth is nothing now. Uh, but, uh, 
Yeah. Also, Roman Yossi, untouchable. What's up with that? You know, like, would you trade him? I would trade him. Like, I understand he has a no move, uh, no move clause. But you know, you explain to him we're not doing anything here that's remotely interesting. Uh, you know, vis-a-vis the playoffs. So if you want to win anything, uh, how about you waive the trade clause and you give us something? Because uh, this guy's value is only going down. And yeah, you could get a shit ton for Roman Yossi. Are you kidding me? Yeah, uh, well, if I were the GM of the Preds, I wouldn't have any untouchables because I would say now is probably the time to blow it up and rebuild. Um, because well, that was two years ago, really. (laughs) And maybe not two years ago, they were. I still thought maybe they had another run at them. Yeah, but this year it's like, yeah, all right, this window is clearly closed. Uh, and looking that looking through this entire team, I'm not looking. I don't see in any of these players a piece where I'm like, yeah. When we win the Stanley Cup, that player is going to be a core piece or an important part of the team. Honestly, no one except, like, I, I would have thought that about UC Saros, but now he's kind of, you know, I'm not too sure about him anymore. And maybe Fabro as well. Uh, but really, mm-hmm. there's not much There's not much to write home about here. And Yossi, Ellis, about no. 30 years old. Pecorine, of course, 38. That untouchable is more of like, uh, yeah, we just uh, want to, like, do right by him or something. So, like, don't even ask about him. He doesn't want to go anywhere. Uh, because he's in the last year of his contract anyway. But Yossi and Ellis are both 30. So the fact that those are the two, like, you're not going anywhere. These are our guys. These are our core pieces. Uh, would lead us to believe that David Boyle still wants to win with this core. Um, I mean, good luck. Uh, but he's, you know, we, 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 people were, like, praising him all those years ago when he was finally went out for that star talent of, of forward, you know, Forsberg, Ryan Johansson. Uh, he signed Matt Duchesne a couple summers ago. Uh, these are secondary scoring forwards or maybe slightly above secondary scoring that they're that they have been asking to be you know top line players and they've paid them like top line players matt duchene eight million dollars a year for a long long for six more years ryan johansson eight million dollars a year for five more years it's a total disaster their second liners at best both of them ryan johansson is probably a third line center uh so i mean honestly nashville i talked about this last year all the time bad vibes with them i don't think they're gonna uh, beat the Coyotes in the playing round, and they didn't. It just feels like everything's you know kind of been spir- spiraling downwards for them. It's a bad cap situation. They don't have a good like prospect set up for the future, and now it looks like they're still in win now mode based on who they are prioritizing holding on to. Yeah, maybe the prioritizing holding on to is just the, the fact that they're like who is going to trade for either of those contracts. I mean, you look at them; they both of Ellis and Yossi have like seven years left, um, and they're both like thirty years old, so. Like, can you even find a trade partner for that? I don't know. Like, because of everybody, how everybody's cap strapped. But yeah, you're right. Like, it just seems like every part of this roster is deeply, deeply flawed. Uh, you've talked about the four core. Like, the defense used to be their thing, right? And I, I would argue it's still, still their thing, but it's, you know, it's not the class of the league anymore. Obviously, you have Yossi. But you're talking about dudes like, I don't know, let's see. Mark Borowiecki and uh, Matthew Benning Matt on the bottom Benning. pair crazy um it's just uh you know it's and the goaltending rene has obviously fallen off guys he's gotten older and yes eros has been pretty disappointing as of late so yeah every part of this roster is just not working and if you think this is a win now mode you're you're completely delusional uh this roster isn't good enough the forwards aren't good enough and yeah they can't score it's not a playoff team anymore and but the thing is like yeah it's not to rebuild that's what it is right but can you like you're not even really going to get that much of a head start because your pieces, your players aren't that good and they're all kind of overpaid and bloated too. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, 
I feel like Nashville with their defense, kind of similar to Anaheim, who had a really strong defense back like four years ago, kind of a cautionary tale in subtracting from a strength to address a weakness. Uh, for Nashville, the Jones for Johansson trade is a great example of that, uh, you know, kind of turning sour on them. And they also, you know, traded PK to make room for Matt Duchesne. And now all of a sudden, their defense is just kind of okay. We saw a similar thing with Anaheim. I think I've talked about it before, how they had like so many great young defensemen. Uh, they give Vegas Sh- uh, Shea Theodore so that they wouldn't take like Jakob Silverberg or Sammy Vatnin in the expansion draft. Uh, then they trade Vatnin anyway. Uh, or maybe they had already traded Vatnin. No, no, it was after the expansion draft. They traded Vatnin for Adam Henrique, who's actually on, who was on waivers yesterday. Uh, and like Brandon Montour they traded. And now all of a sudden their defense is it's pretty empty. Pretty empty. Fowler, Lindholm, and who? is pretty much the story there. Jamie Drysdale will be nice, but he's not there yet. Uh, so, yeah, that's the story there. That's the cautionary tale uh, in those terms. Don't trade away from your strength to address a weakness. That's the lesson we've learned today. And, uh, yeah, the team has really, really fucking fallen off a cliff. Remember how fun Nashville was, that team in 2016? Uh, yeah. Now they're boring as dog shit. So, like, uh, yeah, it's unfortunate. It's unfortunate. Uh, okay. All right. So, any other news? Any other uh, Galchenyuk was traded again. Oh, uh, yes. Oh, yeah. Not long after our show last week, uh, Galchenyuk, we had just actually talked about is Carolina Galchenyuk's last team. And it turns out he wasn't even, they weren't even one of his teams. And we don't know whether Toronto will be either because he's listed as being on the Marlies now. I don't know. If, has he actually played for the Marlies yet? I don't know. Uh, but anyway, Galchenyuk, uh, I don't think he's going to play in the NHL this season with Toronto or with anyone else. I think he's probably going to go sign in Europe when the season's done. I will reconfirm my prediction. And so I think five NHL teams will be his final career number. I, I think the Leafs give him a shot. I think the Leafs, he suits up, he suits up for a couple of games, plays a depth role, you know. Um, but yeah, but you know, who knows? Every team's, you know, he scored 30 goals that one time and obviously third overall pick. I still think he's got some juice left, as I said last week. Uh, we did talk about how the Leafs fucking blew it earlier this week uh, against the Senators. Oh. I guess it's kind of, I guess it's kind of clouded by the fact that, you know, they're like 10 points in the league at the, in the division at this point. But uh, it was still pretty funny nonetheless. Yeah. Yeah. It was great. Uh, 5-1 lead to Ottawa. And it wasn't like a last minute comeback either which I think made it probably even more painful for Leafs fans. The second Sens goal was like right in the dying seconds of the second period. The third one was super early on in the third. And so it was 5-3 really quickly. And then 5-4 was just a couple minutes later. 5-5, there were like four minutes left. So it wasn't like a last-minute comeback or anything like that. It was a slow, excruciating experience flying back from down Mm. 5-1 to probably the worst team in the NHL. And then, of course, uh, no question about it, Ottawa wins in overtime, six to five. Uh, they, that's their second win over the Leafs this season, actually. Yeah, it's pretty funny, but uh, but then again, you look at the standings. You can't laugh too hard because uh, what they're te- they have ten points and a half now. Um, but uh, yeah, it was it was enjoyable to watch though. You know, you're looking at t- hockey Twitter and Leafs Twitter's melting down, and uh, you know it's the end of the world. Uh, yeah, it was a good time. It was a good time. Um. But, yeah. Uh, yeah. Okay. Now, speaking of the Leafs, right. after that Nashville news came out yesterday, uh, all of a sudden everyone jumps to trade for Philip Forsberg. How do they make it happen? 
And obviously, you know, with a cap, it's hard. You'd probably need Nashville to retain half. Uh, how much longer does Forsberg have on that deal? I assume they would really not want to do. Uh, oh, not that long, actually. Just one more year after this. So Forsberg has two years left on his contract. Six million AV. If they retain half, that's three. Uh, looking at the Leafs cap friendly right now, if they give back like Mikheyev and Engvall, that pretty much zeroes out the cap stuff. And then they'd probably throw in a bunch of draft picks and prospects, you know, just balls to the wall. But I don't think Kyle Dubas would want to, you know, give up like two firsts or anything. I don't think he'd want to give up Nick Robertson or anything like that. Uh, so I don't think that's going to happen. But is it time? Why not, though, man? I would. I would. I would. I would. You know what? I would. You have Anderson who's been playing well this season. Uh, Matthews has been playing ridiculous. You know, you, you got two seasons of uh, Forsberg in this dog shit North Division. Uh, you just run the table. You're it's, this is the easiest path you're ever gonna get to final four. That is a ever. good point. Um, so the I wouldn't go balls to the wall. You'll, yeah, it looks all right. And all you have to do is beat two teams that aren't in your division. They haven't crushed all year already, you know. And obviously, you know, you there's you know you don't, but you're you're gonna run that risk. But what the hell? Why not? You know, like the, these people are in their prime. Marner, Matthews, Nylander. It's like uh, you know Riley's getting up there in age. You got TJ Brody, right? They're they're all in their prime. Yeah, Let's go. Let's go win a cup. If I'm the Leafs, you know I'd go and get Forsberg. I'd pay the price. If I have to give up Amirov, uh, I know he's a very highly touted prospect, but why the hell not, man? Um, yeah, maybe Amirov. Maybe would you give up like Sandine? He hasn't really been able to get into the lineup anyway. I know he's only twenty, yeah. but like, I, 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 what the hell? Why not? All right, like, so so if you're um, so Forsberg, fifty percent retained. Uh, would it be something like? Uh, for Mikheyev, Engvall, Amirov, and like a second and fifth round pick. I don't know. Yeah, that's pretty reasonable. I mean, nah, nah. If I'm the, I don't know. Like, that's the thing. If I'm like, Nashville, Amirov I don't take that. Piece you know, there. like Amirov, like that's a fifteenth overall pick. Would you? You'd probably ask yeah. for like Robertson instead of Amirov. I think, and I really don't think Roberts the Leafs would trade Robertson in the Forsberg trade. No, I don't think so either. Um, no, I don't think trading Robertson's in the question, but, uh, you know, because I don't think like Envall and Mikheyev are really any sort of valuable asset other than a cap dump. You're just trying yeah, to, they're not really cap, needle right? Movers, so, yeah. yeah, yeah, exactly. So at that point you're only really giving up like a Mirov and a second and a fifth, which if I'm the Preds, I can definitely find something better out there for Philip Forsberg on the market. Right. Mm-hmm. What if it's yeah. just a Mirov and a first? I think about it. I'd really think hard about that if I'm the if I'm the Preds, and if I'm the least, I'm doing that. Um, Probably because it's now, right? There's like it's gonna be a late first. Like there's like who the yeah, fuck are you gonna lose to the playoffs like, in the first? It's two not rounds, just huh? now though. You know, like, like like Matthews, Modern Nylander are gonna be great for the next like ten years. It's a really long window, and you don't really want to you know stunt yeah. the you know bringing in you know these high that's picks true. like Amirov and the first. You know that's kind of a tough pill to swallow for Toronto, even if Forsberg is pretty good. I don't know. Yeah, but like you, you get a chance to win one cup, you jump on that chance, I think. Um, rather than like kind of motoring on for a few years, and then when they kind of reach the end of their primes, you're like, oh, we gotta, we gotta go all in now. Um, but they 32. were playing their best hockey like three years ago. Yeah, exactly. No, well, not thirty, but even like 30, 29, You know, you're like, oh, this is our last chance. We kind of didn't, we didn't really do anything for the last four years. We just kind of hoped they would do it on their own. Uh, and then okay, now we bring in a bunch of guys who they don't really pan out, and there you go. The guy's already thirty-one. You know. And the mm-hmm. coin, everything's over. Like, right now, I think this. it's the best opportunity. 
Yeah. But you know, Elliot Friedman uh, in his thirty-one thoughts had, had was like, I know Toronto's got their eye on a top six left winger to probably play with Tavares and and uh, Nylander, but I'm, I can't say what it is. And then like a week later, he was like, it was Michael Granlund. <laughs> so, <laughs> so maybe Michael Grant. I don't know if Nash. Maybe they're like, oh, now Forsberg's available. Hmm, maybe we can make something work there. But like, it seems like the Leafs have been inquiring about Michael Granlund. So that's their that's going to be their big deadline acquisition. Look out for that. Um, but uh, yeah, if I was Dubas, I'd make the boom. I'd I'd make the big boom. I'd go for Forsberg. Why the hell not? You know, uh, try to win a cup. All right, cool, cool. Okay. So, so it's time for guess who? We got to guess who. Yep. Yeah, we do. And this guess who? Okay. Uh, we picked this team because they were involved in two Alex Galchenyuk trades in a very short amount of time. It's the Carolina Hurricanes. Um, and I don't think this we were on the air when we talked about this, but three weeks ago after our last guess who game, Ty Say was ridiculing me. Uh, for sucking, and he told me that he has he uses analytics for his guesses, and he has some sort of big plan That's that right, works yeah. almost all the time, and I have no idea what it could possibly be, Amen. which has brought me a great amount of pain and suffering as I try to think about a good plan to figure out how, how can I counter this tactic by which I do not know what it is, and I still, I don't know, but it's okay because I'm going to win anyway. Because I decided that I will. So, um, what's the record again? I think I'm up by two games now at this point. Yeah, um, I have two wins, and you have my, four wins. My four, and two, you and have two? four ties. Uh, okay. No, uh, you're four, right. four, four, two, two, and four. Four, two, uh, with, four. Okay. With ties being in the final okay. column. Right. So, oh, um, and look, this is great. My Google Sheets. Oh, there we go. It wasn't responding for a second. All right, now it's good. All right, so let's head over to random.org. Uh, the players on this Hurricanes list, we got Peter Morazic, James Reimer, Alex Nedeljkovic, Slavin, Hamilton, Pesci, Gardner, Shea, Bean, that's Jake Bean, Hayden Fleury, Joachim Ryan, Aho, Sveshnikov, Teravine, and Trochak, Jordan Stahl, Martin Meachash, Nino Niederreiter, Brock McGinn, Warren Fogel, Jordan Martinuk, Jesper Faust, Cedric Paquette, Morgan Geeky, and Steven Lorenz. That is our list. Okay. I've got my guy. All right. Uh, I'm going pretty slowly now, so here we go. Randomize, and all right, got my player. You're never gonna get it. All right, here we go. So, right. so I, uh, I suppose I'll mute first. All right. Oh, oh yeah. Oh, I guess we should probably also turn off the cameras that we have on now, so that we don't see each other's lips move. All right. Okay. Yeah. Wait. Yeah. One second. Okay. Cameras off. Cameras off. And okay. Uh, I'm muting okay. my incoming audio right. in three, two, one. Got Morgan Geeky. And I'm back. All right. Are you muting? All right. I'm muting in three, two, one. My player is Jordan Stahl. Okay. I am coming back. I have returned. All right. Um, okay. So, so uh, I guess I, first. I believe I was the last champion. Yeah. Yeah. So I, I guess, first, guess yes. you were in theory. All right, here we go. Is your player a forward? My player uh, is a forward. All right. Perfect. I've got you right where I want you. Uh, You're not going to know what hit you. Uh-huh. All right. Is your player, was your player drafted by Carolina? My player was not drafted by Carolina. Ooh, Okay. Fun fact, everybody in this list was drafted. So that's, that's uh, fun. interesting. 
Okay. That is a very fun uh, fact. The funnest of facts. Uh, is your player's number 40 or higher? My player's number uh, is 40 or higher. Perfect. Exactly where I want you. Bam. Okay. All right. Sure. If you say so. Um, hmm. What do I... Do I stick with draft by going with draft position? Sure. Was your player drafted in the first round? My player was drafted in the first round. Ooh, you love to see it. Um, down to six players. Does your player shoot right? My player does shoot right. Brilliant. I've okay, got three players left now. Yeah, three players left? Okay, I'm going to... Ooh, okay. Do, 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 do. All right, I'll split down the middle for numbers. Um, does your player have a number of 30 or higher? My player does not have a number of 30 or higher. So it's 29 or lower. That's fun. Okay. All right, my last um, three players, we got Morgan Geeky, Jesper Faust, and Martin Nietzsche. I'm going to go with the second best out of all of them. Is your player Jesper Faust? My player is not Jesper Faust. And now here I am with a chance to win it all. I've got Captain Jordan Stahl. I've got Dougie Hamilton. And I've got Nino Niederreiter. All top 10 picks. Drafted from 2006 to 2011. I pick one of them. I will pick. Is your player... Nino Niederreiter. My player is not Nino Niederreiter. Damn. Okay. All right. So that's unfortunate. Is your player uh, Martin Nietzsche? My player is not Martin Nietzsche. Uh, one might call that a neat trash guess. Um, <laughs> all right. I've got Staller Hamilton for the win. Can I do it? Oh, all right. Is your player... Jordan Stahl. Yes, my player is Jordan Stahl. Oh, too good. All Did right, play we started Morgan off Geeky? good. My player is, in fact, Morgan Geeky. Um, I can't be- What's wrong with me? <laughs> I haven't gotten oh a goodness. correct guess in like five years. This is incredible. Um, wow, you really went ahead and guessed. Avoided guessing the one guy. Mm. It's too good. It's too good. Okay. All right. Um I'm up I'm up good now. Um as I have the last little while. The analytics, what can I say? The numbers never lie. Wow. Um I mean you did guess Niederreiter uh, wrong first, so it can't be perfect. That's true. The the numbers never lie too much is what I should say. The numbers only um, lie a little bit from time to time. <laughs> not en- not enough to make me lose, and I appreciate that. All right. Okay. Oof. I got, got your next guy. player. Okay, I'm going to mute incoming player. audio in three, two, one. We got Dougie Hamilton. And I'm back. All right. Okay. I'm muting in three, two, one. My player is James Reimer. Okay, I'm back now. All right. So this time I will start. Um. Okay. My question is, does your player weigh 200 pounds or heavier? 
It's a good question. I don't have weight on my uh, sheet, so I'm heading over to lacapfriendly.com to check it out. Okay. Da, da, da. My player is 200 pounds or heavier. Okay. All right. That leaves me with 13 fellas. All right. I'm going to go with the exact same formula I went last time, except this time I'll have some better final guesses. Is your player a forward? My player is not a forward. Very nice. Very nice. Very unfortunate. Okay. All right. Next up. Uh, yeah, I'll do that question again. Was your player a first-round pick? Uh, my player was not a first-round pick. It's unfortunate for me. That leaves me with seven dudes. Ouch. All right. Okay. Um, is your player's number... 33 or lower. My player's number is 33 or lower. Very nice. Very nice. Okay. What are you down to? Three? Five. Five? Okay. Oh, dear. I've got seven. Um, mm-hmm. Okay. Is your player... Was your player drafted by... Ooh, should I do it? Uh, one second. Let me consult. Was your player, rather, drafted in... 2012. My player was not drafted in 2012. Oh, I hate my life. Okay. All right. It is All right. Turn. Um, was your player drafted by the Carolina Hurricanes? My player was not drafted by the Carolina Hurricanes. Very nice. Very nice. Two players remaining. What are you down to? Okay, Two. I've got four. So, um, you know what? I'm gonna take my shot. I'm taking my shot. Was your player, is your player, Steven Lorenz? My player is not Steven Lorenz. I hate myself. Okay, that's unfortunate. Um, okay. Numbers lie. Right. Okay, my last two players are Dougie Hamilton and Joachim Ryan. I know for a fact that whichever one I guess, it will be wrong. Uh, there's simply no question. It's like Schrodinger's cat. Uh, where like, you know, whichever one you do, it's the other one or whatever it is. This is how it feels, you know, like, sure, like, that's Schrodinger's like cat. the fate, the fate <laughs> of like, whichever player is yours is only sealed once I've made my guess and it's not my guess. Uh-huh. That's how this works. Yeah. Is of your course. player Joachim okay. Ryan? <laughs> no. <laughs> I know. Yoakim of course Ryan. it isn't. Of course it isn't. Cause that's what I guessed. Oh fuck! That's just too good. Okay, I got two goalies and a defenseman. Um, I got Reimer, Nedeljkovic, and Pesci. Is your player Brett Pesci? My player is not Brett Pesci. Oh my god! It was a goalie. Fuck. Is your player Dougie Hamilton? It is Dougie Hamilton. All right. Good. Okay. Okay. Who's your player? Oh! Oh yeah! I was last. Yes. Yeah, you were last. Yeah, I won the round. Yes, let's go. It's been so long. All right, now I'm just tied with you and I'm celebrating. Yeah, who's um, your player? Was though? Ra- who's your player? Reimer. Mine was Reimer. Oh, damn. damn, I should have, instead of going for guessing a four, I should have asked, was your player a goalie? Uh, mm-hmm. Which I considered doing. But, anyways, I was confident in Lorenz. Very wow. unfortunate. 
Yeah, that okay. was a pretty. I, yeah, I feel like guessing with four is usually a bad idea, especially. It is. Oh, well, I guess well, I did yeah, only have two left, so I guess it was kind of maybe sorta, but whatever. Mm-hmm. It didn't work out for you that time. All right, final round. All yeah, right. yeah, yeah. Here we go. I'm going to win this one. I'm going to. I've got. I've. I've convinced. All right, got okay. my player. I got mine too. Okay, uh, muting. All right, I'll three, mute. Two. Oh, oh you mute or me? You can mute. Go ahead. Okay, I'll mute in three, two, one. Yes, for fast. And I'm back. All right. I'm convinced. You know, at this point, it, I'm, we might as well. It's just, it's the equivalent of me not saying my player, and then sneakily editing the play my like the player that you don't guess into the recording. You know what I mean? Yes, except um, I do the editing. Oh, so you can't do that. Yeah, exactly. Uh-huh. I know. Um, it would be a conspiracy if I did the editing. Okay. <laughs> All right. Um. So I'll mute in three, two, one. My player is Brett Pesci. Okay, I'm coming back now. All right, I'm here. All right, Ooh. perfect. So now I guess first. Yes, you do. Sticking to the formula, is your player a forward? My player is not a forward. Very nice. Very nice. Is it though? Okay. Yep. I'm going back to my round one roots. Apparently, going with uh, weight was just not a good sign. Um, does your was your player drafted by Carolina? My player was drafted by Carolina. Ooh, very nice. That's. Is your player's nationality, according to Cat Friendly, United States? My player's nationality, according to Cat Friendly. Uh, no, not American. All right. All right. I'm not going to do draft. Round am I? Let's see. My Excel sheet. That was me. Um, okay. Sure. Was your player drafted in the second or third round? Let me just take a little gander. Check it out. My player was... Drafted in the second or third round. Okay. Good to know. Down to six. Alright, I'm down to five, by the way, just so you know. Um, And I'm going to ask, is your player a goalie? My player is not a goalie. Oh. That might have been a bad question, now that I think of it. Yeah, maybe. Uh Well, I got three players Okay, was your player drafted in the second round? My player was not drafted in the second round. Right, we're left to three dudes. All Hurricanes, third rounders. All right, yeah, okay. I've got three players left as well. This is make or break time. All right, I got Dougie Hamilton, Jake Bean, Hayden Flurry. Do I think that you would get the same player twice in a row with Dougie Hamilton? No. So I'm just not going to guess that one. That'll be my last ditch guess. And if if it is him... I probably will have already lost by then. So we got Jake Bean versus Hayden Flurry. They give off very similar energy. Hayden Flurry has kind of been around longer. Uh, Jake Bean has kind of just burst onto the scene this year. Um, I'm gonna I'm gonna guess Hayden Flurry. Is your player Hayden Flurry? My player is not Hayden Flurry. Okay. Okay. What were your questions again? What were my Sorry, questions? Curiosity. Yeah. Uh 
Oh, uh, is your player missing? Oh, um, perhaps. <laughs> uh, there was nationality. Nationality. Right? Position. Yeah. yeah, so not a forward and uh, not American and um, not a goalie. Wait. Ah, shit. He was a forward. My bad. Oh, oh, oh. Wow, you definitely said not a forward. I did say, did I say not a forward? You 100% said not a forward. Oh, I'm, I'm certain. All right. I'm pretty sure this means since you gave okay. me false information that I win the round. I disagree. I think you should just get like two bonus questions. Make up for the two false questions that I gave you. Man, maybe we should have established this rule before, but uh, I want three bonus questions. Why? You already got your information from your other two questions that are uh, technically invalid, but you still got the info for them. Yeah, I would have asked different questions if I had different players available. Yeah, that's why you get the two bonus questions to make up for I, the two rounds. I want that. three. I want three. That's totally ridiculous that you would just lie to me at the top of my very first question and then be like, oh, yeah, I'll just, you know, give you a little bit of makeup time. Like, <laughs> ridiculous. Totally, uh, this is Bush League uh, stuff that you're trying. Okay. I want three bonus questions, mm-hmm. and okay, I'm being generous because I should I should win right off the bat if you sure. if you lie to me. You can have three bonus questions. Go ahead. All right. No, but I get them at the end though, right? Not now. Well, or when wait. do you want them? Okay, one question. All right, let me just let me just mean? let me just readjust my sheet. All right. So mm-hmm. I got my forwards. Uh, I got not American. Which is not a help at yes. all because there's only one American forward and like half the defensemen are American. Uh, so okay. I guess at least not Vincent Trocek. And I got not a goalie. Which I already knew because these are all okay. forwards. All right. So take your three shots. This is absolutely ridiculous, by the way. There's uh, no way. No, this is this is not fair. This is not fair. I want four bonus <laughs> questions. Four bonus questions. You could have three. Stop it. Stop it. You got three because I got two questions since then. I think it's fair. You know, like just just take your three shots. Go ahead. Fine, I take them all right now. Okay, here we go. Let me okay, let me take ahead. a look at these players. Yep. This is not fair. We need if if I uh-huh. I don't win this game, it's a travesty, okay. and I'm playing under protest all and right. take it to the board of the of guess who governors. All right. All right, let me take. I'm a look sure the board will take you very seriously. My three bonus questions. Okay, here we go. Uh, okay. One, two, because uh, there are 13 players here. This is not fair at all. Mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. I'm not ne- never ever going to stop complaining about it. All right, is your player's no. number 30 or lower? My player's number is not 30 or lower. That sucks. Um. Okay, next one. Uh, is your player's nationality Canada? No. Okay. Wow. And my final bonus question. Does your player shoot left? No. Okay. Wow. Okay. I have two players left now. You have two players left? Yeah. Okay. Who started again? You started? Uh, All right. yeah, I started this one. So it's my turn. Yes. Hmm. Okay. And if I if I get this, I win, right? This is this is it. Yeah. How many do you have? I have three. Okay. All right. So three on two. I think it's pretty fair. I think the way we resolved it, pretty fair. It ends up in a pretty good spot. 
Okay. I think I think giving the wrong answer to a question should be automatic L. I really do. Uh, maybe. Uh-huh. Okay. Yeah, that's All like right. the worst offense you can commit in the game of Guess Who. The worst offense, akin to the death penalty, right? Well, um, not quite. Akin to homicide, as they say. No. All right. It's guess. <laughs> it's Guess Who murder. Um. All right. So I got Pesci. I got Fogel. I got Geeky. Is your player Warren Fogel? My player's not Warren Fogel. All right. Once again, I have two players left. Once again, whichever one I guess will be wrong, unless it's not. Is your player Jesper have? Fast? Yeah, my player is Jesper Fast. Yes. Okay. Boom. All right. You gotta guess. Got it. Got it. Okay. All right. Come on, go ahead. It's my turn. Go ahead. I'm thinking. Do I go with the repeat? Do I go with the defenseman? Is your player? Brett Pesci. Yes, my player is Brett Pesci. Oh, there we go. There we go. Wow. Very okay. sad. All right. Wow. So it's a I should, that's not fair what you did to me. Uh-huh. You lied. Yeah. Uh-huh. I'm putting it okay. under tie for now, <laughs> but we'll come back to this. We'll come back to this. When are we going back? There's no coming back to this. It's, uh, it's written in stone. Um, All right. Another tie. Okay. That's Another time. One, Carolina, putting right. it into my official my my notes uh-huh. on my laptop. Okay. Tie. Uh-huh. So, right. wow, we have almost as many ties as non ties. <laughs> I haven't had a straight up yeah. win since September twenty sixth. Wow. We have only had five. Continues. All right, so here let's tell everyone. So our first game ever was May thirty first. We tied. Then I won on June 21st. Then Taisei won on July 12th. August 15th, tie. September 6th, tie. September 26th, I won. November 8th, you won. November 29th, you won. December 20th, tie. Jan 31, Taisei wins. And today, a tie. All right. So, yeah, we have one about every month, right? Um, and, uh, yeah, we, it's only been ties in my wins. And uh, I'd like to keep it that way. Thank you very much. Okay. Oh, someone so, uh, yeah, now at your house? I kind of hear it a little bit. All right. Um, let me just turn the mic away from that. Oh, no, it's uh, fine. Okay. I wasn't complaining. We're pretty much oh. done anyway. I mean, I segue into our okay. outro music. Yeah, so uh, that's true. Um, so, yeah, we have, a next, we have a new segment coming up next week. Oh, yeah. We brewed up. Mm-hmm. Uh, instead of the trivia. Oh, do you want to explain it? Yeah, you go ahead. Do I explain it or do we, uh, do we keep it for next week? Yeah, sure. yeah. Well, I'll, we'll I'll cliffhanger. Okay, sure. Why not? Oh, um, cliffhanger. Yeah. One final oh. thing I want to say. Uh, one of my friends from MWCA brought something to my attention that had been stored deep down somewhere in the recesses of my mind. Did you ever watch Between the Lions when you were a little kid? Uh, I don't think so. Explain what it is. Okay, it's it's this kid show that like teaches you or helps you learn how to read. And there was this one segment they did called Cliffhanger. Uh, this character named Cliffhanger, who's always like hanging off a cliff, like by a branch, and every it, okay. the segments are like two minutes, and they end with like he gets off the cliff and then ends up back hanging on the cliff, and that's how it always starts and ends. And the theme song is Cliffhanger hanging from a cliff, and that's why he's called Cliffhanger. And all of them are really funny. Oh, no, I've never heard of this. Okay. Um, this is a kid show. 
that yeah, this is a kid's show. Yeah, I watched it like in preschool. Oh, okay. It was on um, PBS Kids, I think. Right. And now those segments are on oh, okay. YouTube. Okay, so something to check out. Uh, yeah. the, the cliffhanger section segment from Between the Lines. Between okay. the Lions. L-I-O-N-S. Between the, between the Lions? Yeah. Okay. Is that a Lions pun? Because you should read? Yeah. It's a pun from um, Between the Lines, but their Lions are like the characters and yeah. the or like the main characters in the show. So is Cliffhanger a lion? Cliffhanger is not a lion, no. <laughs> Cliffhanger so he's a is just a guy. Cliffhanger is just a himbo. <laughs> okay. All right. Um All right. On that know. note, good to know. Thank you very much yeah. for listening to this week's episode of Fusion and Hockey Podcast. We'll be back next week on the last day of February. Uh hopefully mm. the Canadians will have more wins by then. They, they actually they play tonight also against Ottawa, a back to back. Jake Allen's playing, I assume. And still four new results by then. You can follow this podcast on Instagram at Fusion and Hockey Podcast. You can follow us on Twitter. Our handles are in the description. And we will see you next week.